Hello, everyone. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, NBA champions 2021, and well-deserved championship. They played tremendous. Pretty much, not the entire playoffs, because they did, like, on offense, they were still a problem. But I want to start off with Giannis, because this really is just all about Giannis right now. The dude put on, you know, I said, I said he's put on, he, the performance he put on tonight is as good as I've ever seen anyone play. And I mean LeBron, any Jordan game, any Kareem game. I'm talking about the playoffs, of course. Like, regular season, I'm sure people have had some better games. But just for the playoffs, this was as good as you'll ever see anyone. The dude put up 50 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 blocked shots. 5 of them. 5 of them. Um, 4 offensive rebounds, and most importantly... He went 17 of 19 at the free throw line, 90%. The dude was insane. Like, he was everywhere. You know, there was a point where I think he had probably half their points. Like, he finished with damn near half their points anyways. But, like, there was a point I saw he had, like, 39 of, like, their 70-something points. Like, it was insane. The dude, like, you know, Drew Holiday went 4 for 19. He couldn't buy a bucket. But, like, he was playing a tremendous defense. He almost had a triple-double. Got some steals. You know, 9 rebounds, 11 assists. So, like, you know, he played all right, too. Uh, Middleton was in foul trouble. So, you know, Giannis was just incredible. He feels different. He feels different. Like, he feels more confident than that. Than, you know, the 24-year-old we saw against um, the Raptors in 2019. Where, you know, he, he, he the physicality of Marcus All at the rim, Serge Ibaka... Uh, Kawhi, like, it was just a little too much for him. You know, he still tried, but, like, he just didn't know what to do. But the thing with Giannis is, like, he's so young and he started basketball so late. He's just he's just improving all the time. Like, if you watch Giannis in, like, 2017, 2016, something like there, even 2018 sometimes, like, he looked at the ball while he was dribbling. He would look down at the ball. Now he doesn't do that. He's just so much more confident. And, you know, you got to give him, sh- you got to give him a shout out. You got to give Bud a shout out. For telling him, yo, you are not LeBron. You are not Kevin Durant. You are not Kawhi Leonard. You are Anthony Davis, Shaq. That's what you are. You are our power. You're Anthony Davis and Shaq. And we just got to turn your, like, so imagine yourself as LeBron, AD, and Shaq. But right now your sliders are like, I'm 70% LeBron and like 30% AD and Shaq. No, no, we got to turn that to I'm 70% AD and Shaq, and I'm 30% LeBron. Where, like, he still gets the ball, and he, like, freight trains to the rim. You know, he gets in transition, he goes. And he he goes with the ball. You know, he'll run the court like an AD and Shaq, but, like, he'll also get the ball and go. So, you know, you got to give him credit for that. You know, he set so many ball screens. He played... He starts off as the power forward, and then he goes to center. He has five blocks tonight. Just menacing at the rim. Um, you know, I'm not sure he's like an Anthony Davis type rim protector or like a a legit, legit, legit rim protector. Like, a, you know, like the full-time centers like that we've seen that are rim protectors, like a Dwight Howard or, you know, just other, other rim protectors like that. I'm not sure he's that, but he's like half a tier below that. Maybe a, just a tier, half a tier below that. You know, he's insane. He, he just, he's incredible. Um, 
I don't want to take any, you know, like, credit for it. But, like, I remember I do have, like, receipts from 2014 talking about Giannis is going to be the next big thing. And you know what? He is. He's been incredible. Like, you look at his three-year run now. It's MVP, MVP, Depoy, MVP. No, no, not MVP. Championship, finals MVP, and an all-time finals performance. This dude was incredible, these finals. This was... I don't think this was as good as the 2017 or 16 LeBron, like the entirety of it. But it's it's damn near right there. Like it's probably like if if LeBron was like a 99 in 2K in those, Giannis was like at least a 98. Like this dude was unbelievable. I have like there's nothing you can say about Giannis and like like I'm gonna talk about the next season. I'll, I'll probably talk about you know the next season, the next podcast. Because I don't want to take away anything from the Bucks, they were incredible, and I'm gonna talk about the Suns later. But first, I want to talk about the Bucks for sure. Um, more with Giannis, like um, the biggest thing that I've noticed with him is the free throw shooting. Like it looked like it looked like he brought the like his shot a little bit further back. I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but that's what it looked like. And I remember listening to. Bill Simmons and he had uh Sirit Sohi I think and she was she I think she's doing like an article or something about Giannis and his free throw shooting and she said he's if you look at his free throw form from earlier it used to be you know closer in and now it's a little out but like if you looked at it tonight it didn't look out it looked really in so maybe that's something he's worked on I'm, I doubt he's gonna be like a 90% free throw shooter just now because you know just last five games just these just these series, he was shooting like 59, 60%. So, but he would just, he'll just randomly have these games where he makes 90% of his free throws and like on high volume. So, you know, you got to give him credit for that too. Um, so, Giannis, we're going to have some conversations about Giannis when he, I don't want to talk about Giannis right, like his legacy, where he ranks and shit like that right now because that's insane to me. The dude is 26. But can we have these conversations when he's like 30 at least? When he's got at least like a decade under his belt. Can we do that? But no, people are going to do it right now. And I'm just not about that. I just don't want to do it right now. What we can what we can do right now is just talk about where he is in the league right now. And the way I do it is I never look five years ahead. I look for next year. If I'm building a team, who would I take? And, you know, before I think I probably had Giannis like eight or ninth. Now I'm thinking, okay, I have LeBron. I probably have... KD, and then I'm thinking, I'm thinking Giannis next. Honestly, I think he's really he's really impressed me. Like I did this before today's game. Honestly, like I was prepping for this podcast and I was doing this before the game, and I was like, okay, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Steph, Luca, then Giannis. Now I'm like, do I really want Kawhi over Giannis? I'm not sure I do. Do I really want Steph over Giannis as much as I love Steph? Do I really want him over Giannis? I'm not sure I do. I'm really not sure I do. Do I want Luca over Giannis? Maybe. I'm not sure. But I think I'm going to go with Giannis just because... I'm going to go... Do I, do, I want, do I want Kevin Durant over Giannis? Because as amazing as Kevin Durant was, Giannis is getting me the 35 to 40 points as well. And he's being a fucking menace on defense. So, like, KD is like a more... KD is more like a... 
like a hybrid, like a super, like a steroids Chris Middleton. Where, like, he's getting, like, the 40 points, but he's doing it, like, in the Chris Middleton-type fashion with, like, the tough shots. And he's going to make the clutch shots for me as well. But Giannis is getting me the 35 to 40. Yeah, KD's more like a, I'll get you a bucket when you need me to, and I'll get buckets throughout the game as well. Giannis is more like a, I'll just get buckets throughout the game. You know, so he's not like a go-to score where it's like, okay, give me the ball, I'm going to do a, I'm going to get this tough contested jumper to fall in. So, so Kevin Durant can do like the tough jumper shit and, you know, go-to score or whatnot. But I'm like, it's close. I'm still, I'm probably going to take Kevin Durant over Giannis, probably. So I have Giannis third. Like, and he's real, he's just impressed me so much. I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, I'm really happy for him. Uh, finals MVP deserved it. Like there was no question about it unless like Middleton dropped 55 at this game. But even then Giannis would have had 50 and like it would have made a, it would have made a fucking difference. Um, so let's talk about the other players for this team. Uh, Drew Hall did the, the reason I want to talk about Drew for a second is, you know, I have a friend who's like a huge, huge, like most of my friends are huge Raptors fans because, you know. We live in Toronto, so so yeah, it makes sense that the Raptors fan. I gave up on the Raptors like probably like two thousand six, but anyway, so like one of my friends was talking about, you know, how the Raptors in twenty nineteen shut down, you know, Giannis and then I was like, yeah, they did, but like Giannis was twenty first, Giannis was twenty fourth. Secondly, Eric Bledsoe was fucking garbage. Eric Bledsoe was like, I'm sure he's a nice person. I don't know. I, I I'm not talking about him as like a person. I'm talking about him as a basketball player. Him in the playoffs, he was just a disaster. He was awful against the Raptors. I think he averaged 10-4-4 and on 29% shooting from the field and like 17% from three. And on top of that, he wasn't like making it... He wasn't playing like tremendous defense like Drew has been. So like as inconsistent as Drew has been, he still has like these random huge games. And even when he's having a four for 19 game, he's giving you nine rebounds, 11 assists, four steals. He's making it hell on the other players. That's the type of stuff he's doing. So like as inconsistent and as um, not amazing offensively as Drew has been in these playoffs, he's just been such a massive, massive, massive upgrade over Drew. I mean, Eric Bledsoe. And if you put Drew Holiday in place of Eric Bledsoe these last two playoffs, I'm not sure, like, the Bucks aren't two-time champions right now. I'm really not sure. Like, I think if the same injuries happen in 2019 with Katie and Clay, and you have Drew instead of Eric Bledsoe, I think the the Bucks can probably win that championship. And I think um, 2020, they still probably lose to the Lakers. The Lakers were just the best team that year. So, like, that's why I want to give him a shout-out, just because he's such a massive upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, even when he's inconsistent. Because you look at you look at his playoff games, these, um, you know, these playoffs, obviously. You know, he's, he's just been a monster. Like, he'll just randomly have games where you're like, what the fuck? And you look at the last time he was in the playoff, 2018, the dude was amazing. Look, these are, these, this is what he did against the Blazers. 21 and 7, 33 and 9, uh, 41 and 8. Then this is what he did against uh, the Warriors 24, 8 and 8, 21, 7 and 5, uh, 27, 10 and 11. Like, that's the type of stuff he was doing the last time he was in the playoffs. And you go uh, him in the playoffs these times, this, these times, this time, this time. 
Like, yeah, obviously he was inconsistent, but, like, he was doing the stuff that Eric Blessed wouldn't do, which is just randomly have these massive-ass games. Just massive. So, like, um... Fuck, why is this... Why is it being so dumb? I don't know what's going on. It's just being very dumb right now. Oh, he's 31. I had no idea. Um, so, against against the Heat, the first game, 20 and 11. Uh, 19 and 12. Then he had uh, a 21, 8, 5, 4 steals. Then he had the 33, 4, and 10. Then he had 22 and 7. Then he had 25, 6, and 13. Then he had 27, 9, and 9, 4 steals. Then he had last game, he had uh, game 5, he had 27, 4, and 13. Uh, one of the games, I think he had uh, game, I think, 3? Game 3 against the Suns, he had... 21 7 and 7 like the dude's just been like these are the games that eric bledsoe would never have you know he would just constantly have like the down games and then he would have the average to okay games you know drew would drew will have like the four for 19 but then he also has the explosion games and when he's having the four for 19 he's still doing other things to make up for it all right the second the third guy i want to talk about is the guy who really should i really should have talked about second um, Chris Middleton, you know, Chris Middleton, these playoffs showed what I already knew what he could be that he's uh, like, I was listening to the, the wind hordes, the wind horse, uh, Tim McMiniman and, uh, Tim Bontemps, uh, podcast that they do the hoop collective. And I can't remember, I think it was Bontemps. He said, Chris Middleton is on the same level as. Like, same tier as Devin Booker. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Devin, Bo- Devin Booker is a better player. And I was like, is he? Is he a better player? Because Chris Middleton does the scoring part like Devin. Like, Devin explodes, I think, more often, I guess. But actually, I'm not even sure that's true. Like, these play- like I guess that's probably true. He does he does explode more often for, like, big, exp- big explosive games. But he doesn't do a lot of other things like Middleton. He's not as good of a rebounder as Middleton. Middleton averaged like seven, eight rebounds these playoffs. He's not as good of a defender, even though, like, I think Middleton's a better defender than what people say. Like, people say he's above average. I think he's a little bit more than above average. But, like, Booker's probably average to below average. Um, And Middleton's a better playmaker and ball, like, pick and roll ball handler and decision maker. You know, I remember before these play these uh series the series started, I was saying, you know, this is Middleton's chance to prove that, you know, why am I like why are Devin why is Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal, like these players thought of as better than me? Like I'm the dude I'm averaging twenty four fucking points. I'm averaging eight rebounds, I'm averaging five assists these playoffs. I'm playing fifty three fucking minutes in a game seven against Kevin Durant. That's the type of shit I'm doing. So like why why are those guys thought of as better than me? So and I think I I I don't know if Devin Booker is better than me. I really don't think he is. I think he's they're like on the same tier. Um but Chris Middleton started these playoffs by hitting a game winner against the Heat and he ended the playoffs by making a huge fadeaway clutch shot with like 50 seconds left. And then that put them up either 6 or 8. I can't remember right now. But he ended that game. He ended that game. Chris Middleton, these playoffs, was as clutch as I've probably ever seen a player be in the playoffs. The dude was just making clutch bucket after bucket after bucket. Game five, he had the end one on Crowder. Then he made the insane three over Mikel. 
Like, the dude is just insane. So, you know, he's been killing it just clutch. Just fadeaways, threes, um, you know, post-ups. Whatever he wanted, he got it. Step backs, whatever. So, you know, you got to give him the credit. And the last guy I want to give credit to is uh, uh, Bud. Because there's so many... Like, you're really exposing yourself if you think... Oh, my, uh, Budenhauser doesn't make any adjustments. He does absolutely nothing. You know, he does nothing. It's like, yo, you guys are dumb as fucking, like, exposing yourselves as casuals. The dude made at least 20 different adjustments these playoffs. You know, against... Like, this is the, this is almost the exact same team, aside, aside from Drew Holiday, instead of Bledsoe, like I said, that lost to the Heat in five. They swept them. And, like, the last two or three games weren't even fucking close. Like, he clearly saw something. Like, what he did against Bam, like, completely neutralized Bam. He completely got rid of any Bam's, like, up, almost all of Bam's abilities. And he exposed him as a non-shooter. Like, even though people are like, oh, Bam, you know, he can make a mid-range shot. But, like, he's not a good mid-range, a mid-range shooter. So, like, they were like, we're giving him all the space. You got to beat us with that. Then what they did on uh, uh, Jimmy where it's like, okay, Giannis, you're going to guard him now. Like, you have to guard him now. You have to suffocate him. And that's what they did. They beat the hell out of the Heat. Then against uh, the Nets, the first two games, it was like, oh, bud, are you ever going to play these guys, you know, 40 minutes? And then it was like, okay, I will. And you know what? We're going to have Bobby, Bobby Portis, who was a huge part of the Sun Series. We're not even going to play him. You know, we're going to go Giannis at center. We're going to do this, this, and that. And, um, you know, Chris Middleton, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Drew, 50 minutes. Giannis, 50 minutes. Like, whatever it takes. I'm talking about the overtime game in Game 7. Like, they were playing 44, 43, 45, 46, 47 minutes. Like, whatever it took, like, they did it. And I just hope that they... Like, I have no doubt this is what they're going to do going forward, too. So, you know, I'm very happy about... How old is... Wait, how old is Chris Middleton? Because if Giannis is 27, Middleton shouldn't be that much older, right? Middleton. Chris Middleton is 29 turning 30. So, like, he's probably got another two, three, four years left with Giannis. Like, I was just looking at, like, the time. Like, Giannis is only 26 turning 27 this year. So, it was more like, well, like, how long can they stay together? Because Drew's 31. So, Drew's probably got, like, another two, three years left. Three years, probably. Middleton's probably got three, four years left. Um... And Middleton's game is not like an athletic game. It's more like a you know shooting and skill game. Uh, so, I, but I do wonder about Drew because he's he's more of like a physical guard. You know, he plays really hard on defense. So I wonder just how long they can stay together. But but anyway, so you know, he just made adjustment after adjustment. And people just gave him no credit for it. Like he's gonna get no credit. They're still idiots. Like idiots in terms of like their basketball. Like they're they're exposing them as casuals. Like I like Bomani a lot. He's talking about, oh, it doesn't matter if they win a championship. But has to be fired. He does nothing. It's like, no, no, no. You're just showing yourself as a historian of basketball instead of a basketball watcher. If you say stuff like that. But he's not the only one. Like, there's so many people. Like, even tonight I saw, oh, you know, I would still fire. But it's like, you guys are dumb. You guys are not paying attention. You guys don't actually watch basketball. Because if you did, you would notice all the different things he's been doing. You know, like, they, people were like, they don't switch. They were switching. 
oh, you're doing, you're playing Brook too much. Brook doesn't play as much. You're playing Bobby Portis too much. He's not playing enough. You don't have enough shooting, so let's put this guy in. You're this guy the target. Let's take him out. Let's figure things out. So Tyron Lue, like he would, he just kept going out o to these playoffs, and then he would make adjustments, and he would get credit for it. But Bud's not getting any credit for like just figuring things out, like looking at things and seeing how, seeing what works, what doesn't work. So he's not getting any credit for that, and I think he should, and he deserves credit for that. Uh, but just for this game, you know the 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 Bucks, and you gotta give him credit for like all the years he's been there. Aside from last year, I think in the playoffs last year, like the two years that so he's been here three years, this year and twenty nineteen. Defensively, they were on everyone's ass last year. Uh, they were the number one defense in the league, but in the playoffs, they just they just didn't look right. Once they got in the bubble, they didn't look right. So I'm, like I'm throwing that away to like COVID. So 2019, they played tremendous defense. Tonight, they they did what? Um, hold up. They shot 22 percent from the uh, three point line. They had 18 turnovers and they still won. You know why? Because they held the Suns to 98 fucking points. They held the Suns to 44% shooting, 24% from three. They didn't let them get to the free throw line. They turned them over 14 times. Devin Booker had six of those, whatever. So, you know, you got to give him credit for the defense. And one thing I'll never understand is, so the Raptors, when they beat the Bucks in 2019, game five, I think they scored 105 points. Game six, they scored 100 points. And all I heard was, Bud's defense is ass, you know, the drop coverage, the drop coverage, oh, you know, they keep dropping, they keep dropping. The Raptors shot 54% true shooting that series. That's below average. They scored 105 points and 100 points. Why the fuck are you guys talking about the defense? The problem clearly is not the defense. It was the offense that was the problem. And if you want to get on Bud for the offense... Get on him for the offense. You can get on him for the offense all you want. But you can't take away that the dude has been an incredible defensive mind. You ha- you held the Raptors to 105 and 100 points. Tonight, you hold the Suns to 98 points. You held the Nets with Kyrie and KD to like 84 points in Game 3. That's the type of stuff you were doing. You know, you 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 were clamping up the Heat, clamping up the Hawks, clamping up the Suns. You gotta give him credit for like, you know, his adjustments and like the way he under like the way he thinks about basketball on the defensive end. And last game, so like the like this is something. This is just a pet peeve of mine. I'm gonna get into that right now. I just think people look at basketball so strangely, and so obviously, like they point to the obvious things rather than. Like the big, larger points. And I'll never understand that. So last game, game five, the Suns scored 119 points. 119 points. And all I heard from like Zach Lowe, uh, who whoever the fuck else was on his podcast, I don't, I don't remember. Kevin Pelton, maybe? I don't know who was on his podcast. I don't know, it was uh, Tim Legler. And they were talking about, they need more offense, they need more offense. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? They scored 119 points. They need better defense. That's what they needed. And tonight, so one of my friends, you know, he like him and I talk basketball all the time. He was like, the Suns' defense has to be better. And, you know, you can talk about maybe, yeah, they could have done better with Giannis for sure because he had 50 fucking points. But they held the Bucks to 105 points in 2021. 100 
and five points. All they had to do was score a hundred and six points in twenty twenty one. That's all they had to do. A hundred and six points. You can't get to a hundred and six points. So, like, their problem was clearly offense. So that's just one of that's just one of like one of my biggest pet peeves. Where like people point to like the dumb, like people point to the the nonsensical things, where it's like they need more offense and the team scored a hundred like thirty five points. You know they have to play better defense and they just held a team to like a hundred and five points. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So you know you got to give Bud credit. Like his defenses have always been really good since he's been with the Bucks. That is, I don't remember the Hawks defenses being that good. Um, well, they were good in the regular season, but I don't remember them translating in the playoffs like they like they have with the Bucks. All right, so we have to talk about we have to talk about the Suns. Firstly, I just want to talk about Chris Paul for a little bit. You know, I still like I still view Chris Paul like I've never been a person where it's like this guy lost in the finals. Now I rank him lower. Like the dude had twenty six points, five assists, eleven for nineteen shooting. He had a good game. Like. He didn't have a great game, but he had a good game. Uh, he has to take more threes, but I still think their shoulders probably bothering him. But the reason they lost this game was, uh, fuck, just went out of my head. Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, and uh, uh, Monty Williams. So let's start with Devin Booker, eight for twenty-two. He had some wide open, wide, wide, wide open threes uh, that he just missed. He bricked them. Um, zero for seven from three. He just. Like, he's supposed to be this great shooter, and he's a great mid-range shooter. But he has not been a great three-point shooter. And that's one of my things that I've talked about with, like, him and Middleton, where it's like, I trust Middleton way more to make threes than I trust uh, Devin Booker. And Middleton can make mid-range jumpers like Devin Booker. So that's one thing. Uh, The other thing is his defense. Not good at all. (laughs) Not good at all. Because... Does does but like this is another bud thing they figured out. So they run this one play a lot where Drew brings it up. Giannis is at the free throw line area. Middleton is on the baseline, and Giannis sets a screen for Middleton to go to the wing, and Drew passes it to him and turns it into a pick and roll. But what they've been doing is they've been denying Middleton the ball. So what Middleton does is he uses dev. So like Booker will be on. Uh, his side, the wing that he, Middleton's about to go on, that's the side Booker stands on, so he denies him the ball. What they've been doing, what they did this like seven different times. What Middleton does is he takes Booker with him and uses Booker as like a double screen then on Drew's guy, and they're turned that into a pick and roll with Drew and Giannis. And like, that just resulted in so many nice, you know, easy uh, Giannis uh, buckets. And, you know, even Middleton, I mean, not Middleton, Drew, um, Mid-range jumpers. So, like, you know, that's one thing you have to also talk about, Devin, with, like, defensively, he just he just wasn't very good these playoffs. Not these playoffs, I guess these finals. These playoffs, I thought he was fine. Uh, Jay Crowder, he also, like, 15 points, 13 rebounds, 4 steals. Like, he played fine, of course. You can, you know, you can talk about that. But I thought he missed some wide, 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 wide open jumpers. Like, wide open jumpers. Wide open threes. Like they had a nice play where he got a flare screen out. He looked at the basket. No one on him. PJ and Giannis uh, fucked up a switch. Wide open three. Break. Then he missed another one down the, down the stretch. Um, I, actually, you know what? Um, and Mikel. 
like 7.6 rebounds. Why are you out there for 40 minutes? You're not even taking shots? And Monty for, I thought, because Mikhail, like they, they're not stopping the Bucks. The Well, they're stopping the Bucks, but they're not stopping Giannis. And, you know, Drew's having an off night. Campaign was on fire. Why didn't you play him more than 10 fucking minutes? Campaign should have been at least out there for 15, 20 minutes. Like, you needed that scoring punch, and you still had Mikel out there when Mikel can't do a goddamn thing. So, like, I thought that that, that was a bad decision by him. And one more guy I'm going to blame is uh, DeAndre Ayton. Like, you have to be better on defense. You are a strong guy. Like, people keep talking about DeAndre and David Robinson, and David Robinson would not allow Giannis to just bully him like the way uh, DeAndre Ayton did. I know he's young. I know all that. But, like, you have to, like, we're talking basketball. We're not talking about him as a person. Just basketball-wise, I thought he got dominated. And on top of that, you only got six fucking rebounds. That's it? That's all you did? The Bucks had 11 offensive rebounds. You couldn't you couldn't box them out? You couldn't get more rebounds? So, like, and on top of that, you go 4 for 12. And you know what the, the biggest problem with that 4 for 12 was? He was scared when he got the ball. He was scared. And, like, you can chalk that up to, you know, him young. He's young. Sure, if you want to do that. But, like, I don't don't really care about any of that type of stuff. Like, I'm I'm just talking about the game right now. And that's what I saw. He was scared. Um, So, yeah, like, for the Suns, great season. And, like, with the Suns, I flip-flopped on them so many times where... And I did it, like, so beginning of the... Like, before the playoffs, I said I did not see them as a true championship team because they just didn't have the formula for it. Like all their like their player like their four players. So Chris Paul, Devin, DeAndre, and uh Mikel Bridges, they were all just a tier below what they should have been. And if they were a tier higher, I think I would have thought of them as a true championship team. So like Chris and Devin Booker, they're stars, not superstars. Chris Paul used to be a superstar, he's not anymore. DeAndre Ayn, he's an all-star caliber player, but he's not a star. If uh, Mikel Bridges, good starter, he's not an all-star caliber player. So, like, if one of them was, like, a tier above what they are, then I would have thought of them as a championship team. You know, that's why I talked about DeAndre Ayn for Carl Anthony Towns. I think that would have, like, fixed so many of their problems, firstly. Like, you get another 25-point scorer. You get a long-range three-point shooting guy. So, like, and he can post up. He can get buckets, too. So, like... Drew, uh, Drew's shutting down, like, whoever, get it to, and Devin Booker's playing like ass, go get it to Cat. Uh, now you have a third guy. Um, so, like, I always thought, but I flip-flopped on them because uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, in that, from that Denver series to game two of the finals, the dude was playing like a superstar. He was averaging, like, 25 points, 10 assists. He was playing insanely good. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, so he's a superstar. So that's why I thought of them as a championship team. And I'm, like, I don't know what happened with Chris. And I think people are going to forget a couple things during these playoffs for Chris. One, he dislocated his shoulder. Two, he caught the cooties. Like, he did catch COVID. Like, that's something people are just going to forget. But we don't even know, like, the long-term, the short-term effects of COVID all the way yet. So, like, he caught COVID. And, like, people are just going to forget that. So, you know, first, I just want to give a shout-out to him. You know, he played tremendous. 
the he 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 had some games that I just didn't know he was capable of, and I think this was his best chance. And I I hope he hasn't missed it. I hope like I wonder what's I wonder I'm, I guess I'll talk about it later. Actually, I'll talk about it right now. I wonder if he stays with the Suns. I wonder if he looks at the Suns and he's like, this is a championship team. Because on one end, you can be like, okay, Devin Booker is 24, 25. He's going to get better. DeAndre Ayton's young, 22, whatever. He's going to get better. Mikel's kind of young. He's going to get better. Uh, we had this Jalen Green kid. He's going to get better. Uh, hopefully. Um, Cam Johnson, he's going to get better. Oh, okay, one more, one more person to blame. James Jones. People give him a lot of credit for like an executive. Yo, you fucked up that top whatever pick it was, top 10 or whatever. You didn't get a player that could play in these finals. You lost your depth because Sarek got injured and whatnot. But, like, you you couldn't find a rookie. I'm just... I'm, hold on. Let me go look at the rookies from that range this year and who could have played. Shit. Um, draft 2020. So the Suns had the 10th pick that took Jalen Smith. He played a total of 156 minutes. Nice. Ooh, okay, so the players, I'm just going with the players that went after him. I'm not, because, like, players before him, like, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Devin Vassell, good Spurs player, good on both ends. He, you couldn't have used them. He's 6'5", 6'6". He could have played with Chris Paul and Devin Booker together. He shot 35% from three. Like, you couldn't have used that guy. Like, he was just solid on both ends of the floor. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you couldn't have used him. I think you could have used him. Kyra Lewis, you could have used him. Aaron Neesmith, he would have played this series. Isaiah Stewart, he could have played this series. Um, Sadiq Bey, he could have played. Precious Achua, he could have played. Tyrese Maxey, he could have played. Uh, RJ Hampton, he could have played. Emmanuel Quickly, he could have played. Payne Pritchard, he could have played. Jaden McDonald, he could have played. Desmond Bain, he could have played. Malachi Flynn, he could have played. So, Xavier Tillman, he could have played. So, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, there's so many players that could have played and helped you, but you took Jalen Smith. Jalen, Jalen, yeah, Jalen Smith. Looking at the future, like way in the future, like, oh, this guy is going to be our power forward next to Aiden. It's like, yo, you had a chance to win this year, but you took Jalen Smith. And another thing you guys, like people are going to forget is they had no fucking backup center. They were using Sarek as their center. Like, Sarek is like a okay, like, stretch five. But you didn't have a center, that like a shot-blocking center behind Aiden? You know, that was just so wild to me. Um, all right, but let's talk about Chris Paul again. So, like, you can look at this roster and be like, okay, Aiden's going to get better. Booker's going to get better. Uh, maybe Jalen Smith next year actually turns into a player. So now we have, um, you know, Chris, Booker, uh, Mikel. Uh, Smith, Jay, Cam Johnson, Aiden. Now we have like a more, we have more depth. Sark's going to come back. We have way more depth now. Uh, so he can look at it and be like, and if you look at this team, like they're good enough to compete with a lot of the teams in the West still. Like the West is so tough, but like they, they, you can look at that roster and be like, okay, yeah, that's a team that can compete with Utah, the Clippers, even with Kawhi. Well, Kawhi's not even going to be there next year, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, the Warriors, because I don't think, like, I don't really see it with the Warriors, like, oh, they're going to be amazing, amazing. I think the Suns can compete with them. Uh, Denver, I think they can compete with, because even with Jamal coming back, you have to look at it like, they did sweep them. They, like, swept them, swept them. And defensively, it's not like Jamal's going to help them so much. Um, 
who else is in the West? The Lakers, I don't think they can compete with a healthy Lakers team. I think a healthy Lakers team would beat them in like five or six. Who the fuck else is in the West? Who am I missing? I talk about Utah. Oh, Dallas. I think they can compete with Dallas for sure. The Spurs, they can... Not the Spurs. Uh, the Grizzlies, they can compete with. So, you know, uh, I'm probably forgetting a team. No, that's it. Yeah. So they can compete with a lot of teams. So Chris can look at it like that and be like, okay, yeah, this is a team that I can compete with and they're going to give me money. Um, or he can look at it and be like, I don't know if this is a championship roster and I'm not getting any younger. So it's like, I'm going to be worse than what I was probably, right? Probably he's going to be worse. So, and I don't know if I have another, you know, playoffs in me where I can drop 30 points, 40 points. I don't know if I can do that. And am I really going to trust Devin Booker to do it? Maybe. So I wonder what he's going to do. Because there, there's probably some spots he can go to to win a championship. Um, like I think the Celtics with him, you got Jalen 25-point scorer, Tatum 25 to 30-point scorer who can explode in the um, in the playoffs. Uh, and you have like a bunch of other things. You have a bunch of other players you can like use. Um, Miami's another spot. Uh, who else? Let me look. I'm just going through this. You can go to the the Knicks and just uh, you can go to the Knicks if you have another guy coming with you. That's a good spot. Ooh. Uh, Philadelphia. You know him and Embiid. That's not bad. Maybe Utah. Like Utah's like okay, we'll we'll swap him and Conley and like give up a first rounder or two. Um. Dallas, him and Luca, uh, you know, do like a Porzingis for Chris Paul type thing. He can go to the Lakers, you know. If Chris Paul's like, I'm out, it's like the Suns should go get Schroeder or like and like a first rounder, a Kuzma, whatever. Um, yeah, so like there are spots he can go to. Um, what else do I want to talk about with the Suns? I think that's it. So you know, congratulations to the Bucks. This is a real championship. I'm, like, I'm not one of those people that are, like, taking away championships. Like, I still think, like, some championships are harder to win and more impressive than others. But, like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day a championship is a championship. And they're champions. Like, you got to give it to them. You know, Middleton played well. Giannis played incredible. Drew played well. And those guys played tough and hard almost every single game. You know, after, like, game two of the... Bucks series, I'm not the Bucks Nut series. These guys played forty plus minutes like nightly, forty to forty five. One like that's just what they did tonight. Drew Holiday played forty six minutes, so they wanted this and they got it, and I'm happy for them. And you know, congratulations to them. Uh, like that whole franchise, all their fans. Um, yeah, that's all I have to talk about the basketball part. One thing I did want to talk about because. I don't know, I just, I saw it, and I really got, it really got me thinking just how much, like, something, like, it. I don't know how to explain it probably, but it has to do with social media, like, these people that you see on there, and you don't know them, but somehow they end up, like, meaning something to you, like, so there's this, so I've, I've, I've been on Twitter for a while, I use Twitter a lot, and... I saw this one person's tweets all the time. Like he's pretty po- he was pretty popular. Um him and this girl had like a pretty big podcast, I think. 
um, and you know they would do skits, funny skits, and I would see his posts, his tweets all the time. And yesterday, I was I was um, looking up what like I just kept seeing people retweeting his tweets, and one of my friends was doing it. I was looking, I'm like, oh, you really like this guy? I was gonna I was gonna say, oh, you really like this guy, huh? Um, and then I found out that he that he passed away. It was a hit and run. Is let me look at his name. Um, I know it was Matt. I just want to. I just want to get his whole name. All right, so it's Matt George on Twitter. It was uh, Matt Chu, Matt Chu, like Choo Choo Train. Um, you know, he had like a lot, lot of, lot of followers. Like he, had, he, he had a viral tweet just recently where he was like, you know, I've been living in LA for so long, but and I haven't met any celebrities and. My mom's been here a weekend and she already met Snoop Dogg, but it was the fake Snoop Dogg, the Snoop Dogg impersonator. So he had like that tweet just like a couple of days ago. And, you know, it, it was just so strange because I saw it and I found out that he he died in a hit and run. And, you know, he was, I think, 25, 26, you know, very young guy, you know, like just a couple years older than me, like one, maybe two years older than me. Because I'm not <laughs> one and two, like not because not I don't know my age, but I just. Like, I'm not entirely sure about his if he was 25 or 26. But it was just so strange because I felt, I actually felt, like, sad. And, you know, it's, it, you know, people, you know, I I see news about people dying all the time. But, and I don't know them, and I, don't, I didn't know him. But I, I just felt really sad about it. You know, it's not that I don't get sad about just hearing news and hearing about people dying. But you see it so often, but... On social media, like, you see these guys' tweets all the time. You see them doing skits. And, you know, you have... I guess your brain just gets, like, an acknowledgement of them. Like, your brain acknowledges this person. And... I don't know. It's just a strange feeling. I don't know. I don't... Like, I don't really know what I want to say about it. Like, I don't have any deep thoughts about it. Like, oh, this is what this means. You know, you know this is what social media is doing to us. Like, I don't have any deep thoughts about it. Or, like, a grand point to make about it. I just wanted to say it was, like, I don't, this isn't, like, the first time this has happened. Like, I know there's been, like, it's happened a couple of times where, you know, these people that you tweet with that you don't really know, like, you just tweet with them occasionally, like, you tweet at them, you talk about, oh, you know, oh, you saw that movie, that's cool, huh? Uh, and then you see their tweets on your timeline, you just scroll past them, like, it's no big deal. And then you find out that they've passed away, like, it actually hurts you. You actually, like, feel something. It's just so strange. Because you don't know them, like I do, I've never, I've never had a conversation with this man, but I see his tweets all the time. He's retweeted my tweets, and or liked my tweets, and that's all. Like that's all the acknowledgement that there is. But it's just, but you still, I still feel like very sad about it. So I just want to say, you know, rest in peace to that man, uh, Matt George, and. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. I'm going to be doing podcasts throughout the summer, uh, free agency, whatever, free agency, news, USA Olympics, maybe, I don't know, I don't really care about the Olympics like that, the draft, of course, and just other things, too, just shows that I've been watching, I recently finished The t- uh, Sopranos, um, with The Sopranos, I do want to say the ending, I don't think Tony died, I really don't, and I think if you look at the last season, like, I only had thoughts about, because I, I should have been talking about this throughout the seasons, if you look at the last season, you could see Tony kind of losing 
like we we got into a more technological space, and you could kind of see Tony losing it. He was he was better when there was less technology. Um, so there was a like he was a real piece of shit in that last season. Honestly, when he killed Christopher, that killed me inside. Uh, I do think the last season wasn't as good as the previous seasons. Like when when they killed uh, Pussy in like the <laughs> yeah his name was. His name wasn't Pussy. His nickname was Nick. His nickname was Pussy. When they killed him in like the season one or two, and the episodes leading up to it, like the dreams and stuff, they were incredible. When he had to kill uh, his cousin that got out of prison, like those episodes were incredible. I don't, I don't know if I and like the even the um, season five, I think when he was when he got shot by Uncle Junior, like the season in the uh, hotel where he was dreaming, like those were incredible. Um, I will say this, Game of Thrones did this, and I think the Sopranos did this too, where they handicapped themselves. In Game of Thrones, like, they chopped off Jamie's uh, arm, not not arm, hand, I think. And it's like, why? The show would have been so much better if Jamie was in the mix and he could be doing shit. <coughs> with the Sopranos, they did that with Uncle Junior, where they gave him, like, Alzheimer's or something, where he just kept losing his memory. It's like, no! The show would have been so much better if Uncle Junior was a part of it and he was in the mix. So I think they fucked up there. I think it could have been even better. It was a great show. I'm not sure if I'm going to... I might rewatch it. I might. It wasn't what I expected. You know, I, I held off on it for a while. For a while. For a while? For a while. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is this is different. He's in therapy. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's cheating on his girl. Cheating on her with multiple women? I can get into this. All right. I thought it was going to be way more intense. And it was less intense than I thought. It was funnier than I thought. It was... It was way different than what I thought it would be. And, like, I knew about the ending, kind of, where it's, like, it ends on a black screen. But I always thought, like, when uh, Uncle Junior set... I don't know if I'd be... I don't care. I'm going to do it. When Uncle Junior set him up to get whacked... And like people ran up on him, and he and he that that's when I that, that's what I always thought the show ended on. I didn't know the show ended on like the diner table, but you know, Sopranos is a great show. I'm I'm watching Loki. I might be talking about that maybe. Uh, I just started the Loki one, and um, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the season. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed the finals, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. Just a little something, show you how we live. Everybody want it, but it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. That's that shit. So if you gon' do it, do it just like this. Did you realize that you were a champion? You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. I don't know, I just want it better for my kids. Saying we was from the projects, but every time I wanna lay away or deposit, my dad would say, When you see clothes, close your eyelids. We was sorta like Will Smith and his son. In the movie, I ain't talking about the rich ones. Cause every summer, he'd get some brand new hair brain scheme to get rich from. And I don't know what he did for dope, but he'd send me back to school with a new wardrobe and hey, 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 hey. I 
think he did When he packed it up and brought it back to the crib Just a little something, show you how we live Everything I wanted, man, it seems so serious mm-hmm. That's that shit So if you gon' do it, do it just like this Did you realize That you were a champion? When it feel like living's harder than dying For me, giving up's way harder than trying Lauren Hill said her heart was in Zion I wish her heart still was in rhyming kids gonna listen to, huh, I guess me if it isn't you, last week I paid a visit to the institute, they got the dropout keeping kids in the school, I guess I clean up my act like Prince do, if not for the pledge, at least for the principal, they got the CD, then got to see me drop gems like I dropped out a PE, they used to feel invisible, now they know they invincible, To the crib, just a little something, show you how we live. Everybody want it, but it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. That's that shit. So if you gon' do it, do it just like this, like this. Yeah. 